0: Well, bad news out of New York. Goldman Sachs is cutting free coffee as corporate America reels in pandemic uh, reels in pandemic perks with workers returning to the office. So, Matt, uh, as you probably have been following closely, uh, Labor yes. Day weekend marked the official back to the office for Goldman Sachs, like back in the office. And what did they find? They found that the free coffee cart, which usually sits in the lobby of the 200 West Street office, missing. So – as we've talked about, I think, probably extensively in the show, you know, the the perks versus entitlements in corporate America is a subject that is very, very touchy. Like any yeah. type of anything that is provided free first as, as a perk becomes an entitlement and then eventually becomes something people complain about, either because it's not good enough or that it went away. So on, the, so on the Goldman Sachs thing, right, so which was – and they go on in this article to explain that the free coffee was, uh, I guess, a pandemic incentive. They were trying to get people back into the office. Um, oh, so, and, so it wasn't and,
1: there like pre-COVID? This
0: as far this as I, I can like, tell, doing okay. my deep research from what I could tell uh, – and again, this is did, the free could coffee. Could you read past
1: the three paragraphs because you know, the paywall – I did. I
0: mean I read most okay. of it. I think I got okay. a lot of it. So, so the part I don't know, though, is because it goes on like a junior banker goes in there to say, well – you know, this is the typical uh, response. He's like, well, I'm sure the free coffee in the partner area, uh, and I guess they have like a partner dining room. And, she, <laughs> and he's like, I'm sure that it's in the free coffee in that area. It's still free. So lots of things to dissect here. First of all, I, and this came up a little bit in the Slack, like coffee. I think coffee is like one of these things that rides the line, right? Like some people would argue it's absolutely just an entitlement. Like if you're in a corporate workplace, you – should be provided free coffee, not necessarily good coffee. That's, you know, Kote's not here to regale us with, you know, all the the uh, types of coffee someone needs to have. Uh, but like, there's usually like something, right? Some kind of like basic coffee, right? I, I yeah. feel like, um, but now other people go the other way and say like there are some famous companies that actually go so far as to say that the fact that they don't have like the free coffee is a sign, it's part of the culture, right? The culture is mm-hmm. like, we're cost cutting. We don't have that stuff. It's a waste of time. So let me start with the most basic question. Where do you come down on this? Like coffee is a perk versus like coffee is kind of to be expected.
1: Well, well, I, I, I definitely, uh, I stand with the suppressed workers of Goldman Sachs,
0: (laughs) the junior bankers to be clear.
1: That's, that's who you're aligning yourself with. this, This is a line in the sand that, you know, this, this cannot be tolerated. I mean, if you are an iBaker at Goldman Sachs listening to this, I suggest you leave.
0: This is it. This is, the moment.
1: Do, do, <laughs> this is where you make your stand.
0: 100-hour um, work weeks are fine. The, the mandatory Excel, the, the endless uh, updating of PowerPoint slides, that's all fine. You know, um, but the, we at this point, this is the thing that finally is like it's time to shut down Goldman Sachs. Yes, it's time just to stream yes. out the, of it.
1: This is this is the Popeye moment of, you know, I've, I've had all I can have and I can't have this no more or whatever. I mean,
0: <laughs> I'm taking this, my spinach. I'm leaving. <laughs> yes.
1: They took away your spinach. I mean, how, how are people supposed to function uh, under these sorts of uh, conditions? Um, but seriously, though, this is this is a low cost perk that I just, it seems dumb. <laughs> I mean, because cause obviously, you know, Goldman Sachs, they're not exactly hurting. Um, you know, everything I've seen financially says, you know, that, uh, um, you know, they're continuing to uh, up, you know, it doesn't matter if the economy goes up or down. Uh, everyone who's getting free coffee is making money. And, you know, that that just... It seems like they could give a little something back to the to the, uh, the working class there. So I, I, I really think um, it seems short-sighted,
0: right? Uh, I agree. And it seems like if there's a uh, – for the junior bankers that are not leaving, because we've already seen the junior bankers uh, really demonstrate some interesting PowerPoints. I think they did something about, um, like, working too hard, right? And, you know, that was sort of put out there. Uh, too many hours. I thought that was really good. So – if somebody is really kind of has maybe like a subversive, but they want to stay at Goldman Sachs, what they will do is put together a full um, business case, including an ROI projections about the with and without free coffee model. Right. So uh, that would be a great, a full on Excel model. I'd like to see it because I think it's pretty clear, as you said, like, like, and this is why I think this is so interesting, especially Goldman Sachs. like, it really doesn't matter either way. You know, I don't think it's not going to, have any effect on Goldman Sachs bottom line, whether or not they have free coffee. Uh, It's just going to annoy people that it was taken away. So you got, you should have thought about that before you add it. We'll get to that in a second. Like should, you know, think about when you add perks, right? Like what's going to happen. Um, And then more importantly, and I I guess this is the thing is like, if it really had something to do with money, if they were like, wow, we have to really do it. They could probably easily find, I don't know, a few thousand vendors who would love to, if you will, sponsor the free coffee in the lobby um for whatever a month a year whatever right think about how many people are trying to get in front of goldman sachs every yeah. day right and brought brought just, to you
1: by hedge fund, you know, or brought to you by... I mean, brought know, to you by, by like, a thousand
0: different potential companies, whether it be exactly. financial services or a software companies. Like, everyone is trying to sell this golden sack. So yeah, that, this, to me, is the other thing. Like,
1: you know, and, it, and it's cheaper than sponsoring a coffee booth at reInvent, right? Right. And you get, I mean,
0: like, think about the ROI you would get out of it, too. It's like they'd see it every day, right? Like, the bankers would literally see it every day. And because they're kind of annoyed that the... Especially if you if you... And I think this would be another very enterprising thing. If you were just... Any company that wanted to sell Goldman Sachs, like you would immediately walk in and be like, I want to pay for the entire year. I just want no, to. No, all no. I want you to do is put a little sign next. I'm to." I'm going to one up you. I'm okay. going to
1: one up you here. I am. So I'm going to solve the problem for uh, for journalism. OK, Fortune magazine should sponsor that booth. Oh, and, oh out, and, and, and they put like a little sign that says, you know, have a hot tip. <laughs> yeah. and, and and do you know how fast i mean i don't know if fortune is known for their their muckraking but you know economist or you know um you know some magazine that has a or newspaper right you get some washington post in there you get some some economic journalists in there and you're like look hey free coffee hey as long as you're having a coffee stop a chat with our reporters i love you there solve all I the problems you're, i want to build get, on a little you're bit get pulitzers and free coffee
0: I want to build on it because I think I, I love it. I love everything Matt. I don't say. I don't think. I think if there's ever a time for uh, another uh, uh, journalistic entity to do this, I think it's Bloomberg. This is a Bloomberg task. Yeah, Bloomberg yes, media. You know what I mean? And then you just literally put Matt Levine's uh, email address at the bottom and be like, just read the newsletter and email Matt Levine. Crazy stories. That w- that would be fantastic. Exactly. But right? let, let me tell you this, Matt. I know how to defeat this. I I've already defeated Goldman Sachs.
1: Give them back their coffee. I
0: did. No, no, I, I, I beat Golden Sachs. I thought years in advance, years of training, I'm prepared. Because I could walk into Golden Sachs. You know why? I don't drink coffee. Software Defined Talk is brought to you by Teleport. Every hack follows the same problem. First, hackers exploit a human error, like a leak key or a secret left in code. They gain a foothold and then pivot, moving from one compromised system to the next. Sound familiar? Teleport breaks this cycle. Open Source Teleport gives every engineer every piece of hardware, every application, and identity. Replacing secrets like password and keys with auto-expiring identity-based certificates, the Teleport platform reduces the opportunity for human error, increasing productivity, and revolutionizing security and compliance. Learn why the most valuable visionary businesses in the world choose Teleport at goteleport.com. And of course, we thank Teleport for sponsoring our show. All right, Matt, well... Had some earning news here. Oracle has reported uh, their latest earnings and they are making what I'm going to call it a PR push because we'll maybe look in the numbers in a second. It feels like Oracle has been making a strong push to be considered the third largest cloud vendor. So basically I think most people consider AWS far and away the lead, Microsoft solid number two. Most of the time GCP is listed three. We all we know about Alibaba, but we're all kind of confused by that one. So I always think we put that to the side. So it feels like the big PR push, because I see this released a lot, is that um, Oracle is making the push to say that they are basically the third one, essentially displacing uh, GCP, which, of course, remember, Thomas Corian came from Oracle. So I don't know. Like, I feel like that's like a book that needs to be read, like or written. Like there seems to be
1: read, just written.
0: Just written, yeah, we won't read it. May I you know it needs to be uh written and then summarized for me because I don't know if yes. I'll make it through that one. But it does it seems interesting. So maybe there's just some bad blood in general there. I don't know exactly what went down. Hopefully. Maybe you know. Uh yeah. <laughs> but uh I'll, in the press this week, I basically, you know, the last uh or uh earnings Oracle basically said would come out and, and they would essentially you know, be on the same type of run rate or a little bit bigger than GCP. And it looks like from what I, you know, it's very difficult. Like the cloud earnings for large companies, as you know, this is our, our uh, constant refrain about Microsoft. It's it's just complicated. But it says, if we add it up here, if we say their Q1 cloud infrastructure revenue, so I, I think that's IS. So it's just under a billion, so 900 million. So it's up 52%. That's, um, that's respectable. yeah. 58% in constant currency. I don't know, someone will have to explain exactly how you calculate constant currency. Read Matt Levine's newsletter. I'm sure he's into that. And then the other part that they break out that I think they kind of put as part of cloud is their uh, Q1 cloud application, which they say is quote unquote, SaaS revenue is up 33% uh, in US dollars. And it looked like that was, uh, I'm sorry, it was up 43%. And that is coming in around $2.7 billion. So I don't know, if we add that up, we're looking at like, around a four billion dollar you know run rate or for the quarter of all the cloud stuff and then um there's a bunch of larry ellison quotes in here right and this is why i'm always thinking about like i I don't know like i does in this case it actually seems like larry ellison does write these right you know but they're kind of his typical well his his um, hands
1: are are definitely involved right he's like make sure i get at least a quote per paragraph (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's basically just saying that, you know, I I think of one thing he's taking on good PR, taking on the leader. He says, quote unquote, he's talking to a lot of AWS customers. And it's like, of, you know, of course. Right. Like, what does that mean? I'm sure we I'm sure everybody is to some extent. Uh, and then more importantly, it feels like they're trying to make the push that they're going to be a 20 billion dollar uh, run rate annual on an annualized basis in cloud going forward, which would be which. I think would put them right there, you know, in the GCP. Um, Certainly maybe not above the GCP, but certainly right there with them, right? They can make the argument. So I guess my question is, like, what I think is interesting about this is, and I started this whole, you know, segment talking about, like, it seemed like a PR strategy because the thing I haven't noticed is, I, I don't feel like I've suddenly heard about Oracle being talked about a lot more. Like, I don't feel like, you know, day-to-day people moving to the cloud just, like, Conversations with friends and people in the industry. I don't feel like because you, normally you hear it kind of bubble up. Like, oh, people will be like, you know, I was kind of skeptical about this, but I've been using it now and I really like it. And you just kind of slowly kind of see it percolate, and then mm-hmm. eventually it, it starts to show up in the numbers. So, wanted to get your thoughts, Matt. Like, one, are you seeing Oracle in the industry, and two, is this just a PR push or something really happening here? I, I call shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the key, the key there is they're including Cerner. And so they go out and acquire Cerner for $28 billion. Mm-hmm. And because of that acquisition, they now get to tack an extra $1.4 from Cerner onto their revenue for the quarter. And so I was like, I, I, you know, I previously have worked with Cerner, customers who use Cerner, and I can assure you that Cerner is not a public cloud. I mean, it, it is a SaaS offering. But I mean that is so specialized, right? And so that would be like you know, if I'm trying to think of you know a, a like a you know, Salesforce, it, it'd be like Salesforce a, coming out. No, and no, no, saying no. Like, this would be mm-hmm. like Microsoft buying Canva and and like rolling Canva into their cloud business and saying, well, you know, oh, well they, we, all these designers are now part of or Adobe, right? So if if Google goes and buys Adobe, does Adobe immediately count as cloud revenue? I mean, yes, it's a SaaS, but do you really think of Adobe as a cloud offering i mean to me i'm still i'm maybe maybe i'm trapped in like you know the last decade where i'm still thinking about cloud as as general services available and somewhere there's this mythical or you know this fuzzy fuzzy line of like when does it become too specialized to count as cloud and it's just like this is a very specific offering that is is a SaaS, right and you know, just because it's, you know, y'all talked about it last week. You're like, just because it's a SaaS doesn't mean it's cloud, right? Or it, it, it's hard to, like, compare SaaS to SaaS. But if, if Oracle goes and buys, you know, 10 more SaaS in various industries and just rolls them into their cloud, you know, they can keep goosing this number up. So is that what's happening here?
0: Yeah, I- I think you're right. I think that's probably the the best explanation. And and of course, like to be fair too, like Microsoft does some of this too. They sort of take some oh, yeah. the totally. stuff and, and that's why I mean, we're well, always
1: or GitHub we, or LinkedIn or Right. You know. But I think we
0: also know that like while we know that sort of like that some of that financial uh what do you call it? Shenanigans is going on in Microsoft. We also kind of know that like, no, no, plenty of people are using Azure. Like we know, like we talk to people, yes. we see it. And so maybe we could debate like, are they using it this much or this much? Um And I do think you're right here. And I think maybe the way that we should be thinking about this and Oracle did break out infrastructure as a service It's like, what's really interesting from the market we're talking about is we really would like to know your uh, storage, your compute, your networking, and maybe your databases. Database is always a little questionable, but really that kind of collection is like, that's, at least my theory, and I think most people would agree with that, is like the bulk of the revenue of AWS and Azure and GCP, I think, is there, right? And more mm-hmm. importantly, that is that customer base is what then grows in to use the other services the, on top, right? The, if you will, the AI I mean, and things like cause, that.
1: Because Microsoft, like, uh, that set me straight, they they break out the Office 360, uh, 365 stuff, right? That's that's not cloud. I mean, because right. you know, we're starting to get into that kind of specialized offerings where it's like, well, sure, I guess, you know, it happens to run on Azure and you offer it as a SaaS, but, you know, to me, that is not the same game.
0: And, yeah, I, mean, and I don't
1: know, does Google break out, you know?
0: I think they do, the they mostly do, but I think they have their G Suite is also in there. Is, so so is, is I think there are... in, in GCP. No, 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 no. YouTube. See, I mean, how
1: how different is YouTube from from Cerner?
0: Listen, no argument here, but YouTube is just a gigantic (laughs) business on itself, right? right. You know, that's probably worth, and I think that's what we. I guess that's what. I mean, that's always the implicit thing is, like, if you're not willing – and I guess AWS for a long – to be fair, AWS did this for a long time. They kind of hid the AWS revenue inside, like, the big Amazon, the retail business, right? And then they finally right. – I think they got so to they number. To I'm sure we, shop
1: in the data center,
0: yeah. Right. Well, also, too, once it becomes so strong, it's better to say – you know, like, you're always talking from strength. Like, you know, you're always reporting – earnings that give you the strongest position so i can't remember what it was i think it was maybe like a 10 billion dollar business like when it was clear when aws got to some marker they're like okay we're now going to break it out right because it's they basically get a higher multiple on their stock and i think in the case of you know oracle uh ibm has played this game a lot right google like like they want that number to be big but they know it's not on its own it's not big enough right so they they're always trying to like keep it a little bit opaque like we're always kind of guessing uh, but the one i'm least concerned about is is azure because i think like i just know like i just I feel like the industry we have good line of sight like we know what's going like we know good stuff is happening there where the oracle one i'm like hmm Especially when well, you come I, out this way. I'm like, shenanigans is your is the right phrase. I'm like, I don't know. Could be well, a lot especially of shenanigans because going you know here.
1: they're really they really are trying to stick it to Curian, right? They're trying to like, you know, oh G C P you're slipping. So Google will go buy Spotify and roll that into their G C P numbers to 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 get ahead for the quarter, right? I mean that's that's the game you can play here.
0: And but then they would kill off Spotify eventually. So that would be sad Well then they lose their, their, their Spotify users. Customers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> make them all use Talk and oh dear
0: oh that would in itself would be funny okay so i think what we're going to do here is i think we're on this oral earnings we're going to put like a wait and see on this it's like okay we're seeing a lot of pr push right we will continue to watch the numbers i think your original thing here is what we really want to watch because we're reporting it is infrastructure as a service revenue. That number seems yeah. as clean. I mean, it's
1: going to do healthy business. There's no doubt about
0: absolutely. That. And and really, I think maybe that's the question. Is like, I don't. I think Oracle can play a different game. And probably if I was in the meeting, I'd be like, why don't oh, we yeah. just? Why don't we just roll up all these enterprise SaaS applications and and continually to say it's like, hey, we provide all the infrastructure well, been services. Doing that. I mean, you know, right? Netsuite and
1: and and yeah. you know, various other you know sorts of enterprise-y soft sasses yeah there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying like
0: it's-, it's clear though larry ellison doesn't want that like he wants to be like you know he wants he wants it all and i guess that's probably what's made him successful and it's probably also what's and, and frustrating sticking and a no- in. <laughs> yeah although and that would be interesting i would like to know what it, that would be a fun like to, to like be in a room with those two sort of like maybe just talking over like a beer or whatever having dinner like i wonder what how those conversations went before he left it'd be it'll be fun to watch all right, well, we'll we're going to go ahead. We'll put a wait and see on the Oracle stuff. I'm interested, I would say. I, I'm curious yeah. to see if it continues to grow. Um, because, like, I don't know. More alternatives are always good, especially if they're, you know, better, faster, cheaper. We always want to see that in, in um, Well, you know what I don't know if a lot of people cheaper. say Oracle is better, faster, cheaper. I don't know if that's, gets <laughs> that gets said a lot. I think uh, <laughs> the cheaper part is, is, is probably not often used, but we'll see. Um, all right, but in other news, uh, but staying on our coffee theme, for this uh, episode is uh, Starbucks has now detailed that they're going to move to a blockchain based loyalty platform and NFT community. And what I think is great about this, this initiative is that um, here's the quote. It happens to be built on blockchain and web three technologies, but the customer, to be honest, may very well not even know what they're doing is interacting with blockchain technology. It's just the enabler. Uh, Goes on to say the Starbucks person that was part of this project. So my question then is 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 like what is the point? Isn't the entire point of like (laughs) when you're on the blockchain is that like hey it's all open, anyone can uh, communicate with it.
1: You got to let everybody know you're on the blockchain.
0: Right, but also too like isn't that the entire purpose is it's like hey there won't be any transaction fees, everything's going to be in the open. The fact that like you want your customers to know because then they in theory will know that like oh, like this is 100% open. Like I, I won't be, I'm not locked into like some specific system. I can uh, quote unquote, see all the transactions. So so what I, it seems like they have done here is they've just uh, implemented a distributed database uh, on the blockchain for, for for what I can tell for no reason because they don't even want the end customer to know that they're using the blockchain. So I leave it to you, Matt, to explain to me what is the value if the customer doesn't even know that they're on this open platform? I,
1: I nearly sprained my eyes rolling them so hard on this. It was it was first off the the concept that there's a Starbucks community. <laughs> I mean, this is like this is like saying there's a crackhead community. I mean, you know, it's people who drink coffee. You know, I mean, yes, people like you know, I'm sure there's TikToks about you know your fancy drinks and whatnot, but community is a is quite the stretch. I mean, I I don't think people like band together and and, you know, form a community. I mean, this is this is like a new back end for your loyalty program and you know, all I can figure is they must be an investor in this web3 company or something cuz it just seems kind of What did you read pointless. the
0: section about NFTs? <laughs> cuz I have read this a couple of times and I am so confused as to like what nft because you can't buy them they said they were really clear so they were clearly trying to stay away from the i don't know the outright weird fraudness of just like you know you buy a picture of a pixel map and then somehow it makes you money so i think to their credit i guess and i'll use that generously here uh they're not doing that but then they they just sort of like allude to like there will be nfts you can get nfts somehow they'll be in the the app i guess but like completely confused as to like what you would do with them or why you would get them did you have any other take on that did i miss anything
1: <laughs> that, well you you did miss the line a a set of limited edition nfts will be available to purchase through
0: the starbucks odyssey app and so i'm like seriously who is this is one of the strangest ah. um things. now i will say this again not a coffee drinker here as i've already stated yeah. on the show but what they i have, have told pain. it doesn't matter <laughs> it's true. Uh but what I've been told that people really like the Starbucks app, that they like getting the stars it's or whatever. Fine. Sure. And that yeah. um I mean I
1: understand the gamification angle, right? You know, if you level up, you start getting discounts, you 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 know, whatever. But NFTs?
0: So there's just, I think we're in agreement here. There's absolutely no reason this should be able to done. And I do think maybe this is digital transformation gone wrong. It seems like they're taking something that people really like that. My understanding that people uh, use it One, they love the rewards. They like the fact that it's easy to order. It's easy to pay. It's all like integrated in the app. Like, there is some gamification getting the stars. All of that seems great. The fact that like, and I guess this is what I always wonder is like, I wonder how, in the meeting, like how did this, like this, this deserves its own kind of uh digital transformation gone wrong. Like, how exactly what was the powerpoint what was the pitch and how did someone decide yep this is exactly what we want to spend money on i don't that part to me completely um cuz are you a starbucks user are you you're a coffee drinker do you use the app at all have you tried it out
1: i do have it installed i got a gift card um you know periodically like you know christmas birthdays or whatever you know someone will give me a starbucks gift card <laughs> i've been carrying fifty dollars to credit for six years. <laughs> now of course <laughs> because, as we, uh. because as we've discussed, I don't go to Starbucks in this country in Australia. And so it's really only when I'm traveling in the US, most likely. And and when it's not on the company time, right? So uh I think I bought I think I bought some Starbucks in the Honolulu airport uh this
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear you you don't care and again like we've gone over it. australians you yeah, have there's a whole different uh you you're in your case you wouldn't need, even if starbucks was the free coffee the people in australia as we've covered before would not drink this this is not it's not good coffee well no no, no no no
1: free free is a different thing right you, you okay, know you so could so totally I, get right. me to, to rat out goldman sachs if you're giving me free starbucks i'm ready <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're back in <laughs> i love it i love it i'm back you're walking out and then they're giving out starbucks gift cards You're like all right i, I take it back i'm going back to work i'm, I'm okay let now me, yeah all right well we checked in on that so i don't good luck starbucks people and maybe somebody i'm sure there's plenty of people that use the app that like it so if somebody uh, one of the listeners gets an nft uh, wants to share it with us explain why it's good uh, or wants to do anything with Starbucks we want to hear about it uh, send us an email find us in the slack explain it to us because I just I frankly I don't get it I don't understand it at all now another thing that came up this week Matt I thought was interesting this is something you actually fa- found it was uh, an article written here and in, in the headline is uh, time till open source alternative so why don't you give us kind of a quick overview what did uh, the author kind of write up in like why why is this interesting to us
1: uh this is interesting because uh you know the author kind of he, he dug into GitHub and um kind of tried to date how fast you know the the not not necessarily completely viable, but uh open source alternatives to commercial offerings appeared. So, you know, if you were to compare, say, uh, you know, MySQL to Oracle or um you know just um various uh streaming services to you know a, a and he's very offering. clear he's
0: trying to do direct comparison so like you know yeah F2, yeah i mean there, there's a lot nice... to filezilla bitkeeper to Git. there's a bunch of them on yeah, yeah
1: yeah you know um you got your netscape navigator to firefox you you know one password to Bitwarden, which is you know it, it, it's it's actually a pretty good comparison right i mean he, he you know tries to track them down with dates and you know the csv is there so you can sort and filter however you like um and so I, I definitely appreciate it. And it, it, it's, it's kind of beating a drum that, you know, we've said all along is, is um, open source is, is not a business model, but it is a, a strategy that you can employ um, to, you know, use against your competition. And to me, this is like, hey, if you don't do, you know, if you don't do open source, there is, you know, the clock is ticking. There will be an open source alternative to what you're doing. It might not be as good. But it might be good enough for a lot of users. And to, to me, that's the big takeaway is is when you think about, you know, your new enterprise product or whatever, think that, you know, something, uh, if, it, if it's useful, <laughs> if it's useful um, and the price is uh, not, you know, low enough or even if it is low, you know, eventually someone will be like, I could do that.
0: Well, what's interesting, I think we'll dig into the numbers a little bit here, is that so he breaks down basically the time period, then he gives it by decades. So in the 80s, it was you know 2,192 days between the commercial product coming up, uh, coming out and then the open source alternative. And then in the 90s, that drops to 1,725 days. And in the 2000s, it's 1,094. Uh, and then in 2010s, I don't know, it's kind of that's it, it gets a lot. Uh, slower but there's less things so that's kind of a weird sample size so yeah, yeah you know um what so what's interesting is like clearly there's some velocity like the the idea that something comes out and then um some group to then decides to like you know build an open source alternative like that is clear that trend is clearly increased right i think that is very so i think we can clearly say you know in our working lifetimes that's become very common but i was thinking about it, it's like i don't know does it Does it really mean anything, I guess, in the sense of like, is it just sort of like another Mm -hmm. indicator of uh, a mature market, right? So if something sits out there for long enough for, let's say, a thousand days, which is like whatever, three plus years, and it gets a large enough uh, commercial user base that like eventually um, that'll be a signal to some group of people that are probably involved in that commercial product in one way or another to say, hey, actually, it does make sense for us to spend our time and our efforts uh, and there's enough interest to build an open source, you know, competitor or just like alternative. I shouldn't even say competitor, just a an alternative to it. And like and so in that case, it's sort of like interesting, but maybe not that important. Right. It's just another kind of signal that your your market is real. Your market is mature. You've achieved product market fit. I don't know. What do you think, Matt?
1: Um, I it, It's definitely a signal that you have you've arrived <laughs> is that, you know, somebody somebody has decided that, you know, they needed an alternative to you. And you know, and it's it's you know potentially I'm not gonna oversimplify and say it's always price based, but you know, because there there's definitely, you know, your your free your free software contingent. Um but there's also you know the the hobbyist who's like, you know, uh I could do that. And and you know, as as open source and and Linux and the like, you know, have matured, you know, some of these not not off the the list on here. There's not too many of them, but you know there are a lot of open source alternatives that have displaced the original products. All right. I mean, I, I don't think I think it's probably a safe safe bet to say that uh, you know more people are using um, Git and and Subversion and and C, C, uh, CVS than any commercial alternatives. Um, and of course, you know with Git, they're probably still using GitHub, but GitLab is is very viable. Um, and you know, and there are other alternatives. And if you look at things like text editors, right? The open source ones have one, you know, for for whatever and and you know, I'm I'm sure, you know, the IntelliJ folks will will tell me, you know, this or that, but i like VS Code is, you know, ostensibly open source and you know, the web browsers are all open source. And you know, so a lot of these do eventually outpace you know the things that they were built against. Um so it's just kind of a, a warning shot to, uh, you know, if if you're going to succeed, you need to keep this on your radar. And a lot of people have just, you know, this is part of their business model is open source as a strategic defense.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. And I think, you know, this the mixture, I guess maybe that would be the third or fourth. I don't know what the fifth column they could add here potentially would be where is is adoption like where has the open source product kind of if you will subsume the original uh, and i think in a few cases it's clear but now he he also uh, goes ahead and mixes in a lot of like kind of the i don't know popular online services like twitter youtube and others in here and it's like i don't know i feel like in that case it's like, like twitter or youtube the fact that they're open they're open source alternatives is almost kind of irrelevant right because like what matters there is the community, the fact that they have large communities of users that and they're using them. It doesn't matter. I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem to have any like kind of effect on, uh, on if you will, actually using the product. Like people don't really – like no one – I never. actually never even heard of like Peertube. I've never heard of a bunch of these. Um, yeah, members. yeah. So, so that part I feel like you can almost throw that out as a – I don't know, kind of like an, an unnecessary – category right it's like if you don't bring the community then it kind of doesn't matter the software exists i don't know what do you think
1: well uh, you know uh, uh, yes there are a bunch of things on here that um
0: maybe they're too niche right maybe it's just you know they're
1: or or it's hard to do you know it's it's hard to do an open source community i mean uh you know mastodon is <laughs> is not that popular yet there's you know uh an open source alternative to that you know there are you know there are twitter alternatives to uh you know that are out there but it's like yeah but we're all going to kind of go back to it but obs or i guess <clears throat> mastodon is open source i was thinking of uh discord but like right. like obs has dis- displaced the alternatives um you know the uh atom uh you know gave way to vs code but you know it's it's open source supplying an open source now and so uh yeah i, I I think that you know you can't say it's going to be one hundred percent open source, but you can say that you know if you don't feel like paying for software, you can get pretty far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can't, and I do think you know a lot of the times um, people don't think of it this way. I think of it sometimes. though as a gateway to a lot of these other products is the open source alternative because sometimes, like you just want to like learn how to like I don't know do something, use something, and then it becomes apparent to you um, while you would want to pay for something. You know what I am saying? So it's like. I find like I don't know like r- reporting is a good example of that. I feel like you know, hey, you can do a lot of stuff with free reporting tools, but there's this moment where it's like, oh man, you know, especially if this data is really valuable, and this is I'm sure where the snowflakes and all the other. It's like, yeah, it actually does make sense to pay for it. So, so I don't know. I think it's kind of like we always say before, it's not just uh open source alone is it a business model? Um, but I think using it as both market research and also seeing. Where open source alternatives, if you will, overtake the commercial offerings is very interesting. I think from a business standpoint, like you're going to learn a lot from that. So uh, interesting there. So so, and I think, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe he'll continue to do some analysis because I think that next step because he says it in there. He's sort of like this is just measuring. Time to when it appears, not time to adoption or broad adoption. So maybe that will be the next article that hopefully they'll write, do all the work, and then we'll talk about it. Because you know that's uh, that we're the uh, that's what we want to do. We don't want to yes. uh, we don't want to do all the analysis. Write
1: right, write your book, do your research papers, and we'll talk about it for fifteen minutes.
0: That's right. All right, Matt. Well, listen, this is a uh, this is a topic just for you. I just we'll talk about it briefly. I just wanted to to give you a chance to talk about um, maybe maybe you never had a Pixel book. I don't know. Didn't really know much about it. But Google <laughs> canceled. It's next pixel book. And, um, I guess they shut down the team that's uh, working on it. So, you know, you're our, our thing that I feel like a pixel book may be in your wheelhouse a little bit. Like, did you actually ever use a pixel book? Had you actually ever heard of it? Will we miss it in any way?
1: Um, I, I never owned a pixel book. I did look at them, right? Cause the fact that you could get decent ish, you know, laptop hardware and, jailbreak it (laughs) so i didn't really Mm -hmm. want a pixel book i wanted i wanted just a a real thin lap you know thin client laptop but i kind of got there with you know running linux on on macbook airs but uh (laughs) yeah i mean my 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 son had a had a chromebook Right. So, but it wasn't what it was. And to be clear, the Chromebook, I
0: think, is fine. I don't think the Chromebook is that. I'm sure that's a different division. I feel like the Chromebook's very successful. So, this is just the Pixelbook. But
1: isn't the Pixelbook Google's hardware implementation of
0: the Chromebook? listen you're gonna ask hard questions now that i'm not prepared for i don't know <laughs> i don't know i just know like i see the chromebooks all over school so i'm just like i yeah, feel like yeah, the chromebook's yeah. doing well i don't feel like no one that people are gonna do uh kill that one off but we'll see well
1: uh, yeah and, and i think it's more along the lines of of the way like didn't google stop making pixel phones or you know they 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 haven't they, they haven't manufactured their own for a while they they've like let other vendors do the hardware and they slap their label on it as the reference implementation, and I think that's kind of what's happening here. Is is the Pixel Book? Is they'll give way to Lenovo or Samsung or, or what have you?
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know. I didn't. I can't say. I, I just. I just sort of didn't hear for you. Like I don't know. It's like maybe Matt'll miss the the Pixel Book, but I don't know. I guess we kid Google a lot. I don't know. They they. They do, but they do kill off a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know, but this one, I don't, I didn't, I never even touched one. So I can't say like I have anything to say here other than probably good business decision. But it is, it is, I don't know. I guess it's kind of like the broader question is always kind of going back to the G. I think when they do do this, it does kind of touch GCP Halo a little bit, right? Where it's like. They seem committed to GCP. I feel like it is it is not going anywhere. I believe that. But I do think when they do this, it's kind of just like, it just opens a wound, right? People kind of ask over and over, like, are you really, like, your advertising business is so strong, like, will any other market ever really interest you, right? And I guess it's just like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just a constant, like, refrain with them. So we'll see. I, I, think, I think Google's in good shape. I think GCP's in good shape. But, I, I
1: think Chromebooks will live on. I think it's just, <laughs> it's not... It's not going to come you know it's it's kind of like you know Microsoft made their uh their laptops work you know their uh it's <laughs> true but 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 Google could not pull that one out either
0: all right, well, if you use the pixel book, I'm sorry, I'll hopefully take a picture of it, send it to Matt Ray he'll resurrect it for you. I'm sure he'll find some use for for the monitor there um but uh a couple things Matt, I just want to say on the the follow up uh, we had some uh, some <laughs> some nice follow-up from last week i'll just mention so i mentioned the ikea bag that was like 495 i think it's a good deal it turns out there's like uh i don't know how to say it, i think Balenciaga. uh yeah. they sell a, a similar bag for over two thousand dollars someone pointed that out so i was like wow so that's very funny but, there's but, an article could, could you send it as your check-in luggage <laughs> I don't know for $2,000. I think that it's like luggage that goes inside of luggage, but like, I don't know. I don't ever seen that. So there's a funny article about that. You can read in the the nonsense. Uh, also uh, there was, we talked a little bit about floppy disks. Turns out there's yeah. a, one person still um, um, not making them, I guess making floppy disks. No one really makes them, but there's one person that has uh, uh, if you will, floppy a very dot large com. supply, floppydisk.com, yeah. and there's an actually an excellent article. I thought it was really fun to like listen it was to a good article yeah. how the person got into the business. And you know, uh, we always and as, as many people pointed out, yeah, this this person should definitely be a keynote at Legacy Conf. right? They are, they've done everything right. They they are checking out. So uh, thanks for sending uh, those things in. Uh, if you want to share something that you've seen uh, relevant to the show or something we talked about, go to the Slack. Join our Slack. Um, and you can put it in there and people put in funny links all the time, interesting links, knowledgeable links. So it's a, a good community, something you can definitely, uh, try out now, as far as conferences, Matt, you're actually the one going to the most conferences here. So why don't you tell us where you're going to be in the next few weeks?
1: Well, uh, this week uh, I'm at, uh, my company's offsite, so it's not, not exactly a public conference, but, uh, I'm going to be presenting for Sydney Cloud FinOps Meetup. Uh, that's going to be online next month, uh, giving a talk about Kubernetes and cost management. So stay tuned for that. Um, and thanks to uh, the CNCF, I will be attending uh, KubeCon North America in Detroit next month. So October 24th through 28th in Detroit. Uh, I will see you there. Maybe, maybe we can do a software-defined talk, uh, happy hour meetup kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well, I know Brian uh, over at the Cloudcast. He's going to be there as well. So maybe you and Brian can get together. We can have like a little little podcast meetup. People that uh, that want want to talk about technical podcasts, college football, and uh, weird uses of Raspberry Pis. That that would be the people that are invited to that, <laughs> that, in that is, meetup. That uh,
1: is our Venn diagram.
0: <laughs> that's exactly who we're looking for. And then of course, if Cote were here, he would tell you to go to the, the Spring One platform. It's uh, December sixth through eighth. You probably, if you if you emailed Cote, but you could you could probably figure out some way to like be there, do some type of presentation. I think, you know, I think he's on the super secret um, committee that's figuring it out. So uh, he'll want to see you there. And then of course our friends at the VAT conference, still kind of far away, January 16th through 19th, but they'll be back in Texas. Uh, And so if you will want to become a counselor, which is a way to speak at that conference, uh, go register and submit something. Uh, I'm sure they'll be interested in having you there. Uh, Also, I always want to talk about stickers. So if you would like, uh, a sticker all you have to do is send your email um send me an email with your address to stickers at software uh, i sent stickers to uh, carson in minnesota and kevin in omaha this week so just send me an email with your address and i will send you one as well one other final final piece of listener feedback i did um uh, matt for you we checked in last week patrick you know he was the one that set up the bird listening thing he said he yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it and uh I did ask if he uses a trackball, because if he uses a trackball, I would have been like, that would have been perfect. But he did it. Unfortunately, he's not wow. doing it, uh, but he's still uh, he's still he's he's one of your people. He's one of your Join Enjoy,
1: Join the bird net pie. It's it's, it's cool.
0: <laughs> all right, Matt. So uh, having said all that this week, uh, what's your recommendation?
1: Uh, so my recommendation, I've, I've got uh, a movie and uh, a TV series. Um, the movie was uh, came out. I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that. It's called Control. It's uh, the story of Joy Division, uh, the singer Ian Curtis. And uh, just kind of, it's, it's, if you like Joy Division, it's worth watching. If you don't, don't watch it. Because <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's uh, directed by uh, Anton Corbin, who's known as a photographer. So it's, at times I was kind of like, mm, this is a little excessive. But, uh, you know, I do like Joy Division. So, so, uh, dig dig that one up if if you haven't seen it. Um and then the the TV series uh you know I I recently finished my my uh, 3 months of HBO, you know, time for <laughs> time to switch services, you know. Wait right. for the the shows we'll to the catch next back trial. Up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I my wife got a new iPhone, so uh, we got uh, 3 months of Apple TV coming up. Um but uh yeah, we watched a, a series called The Other Two, which is uh it's pretty funny. It's uh, Molly Shannon as the mother of this 13-year-old who becomes a, you know, teen sensation, and how his older two siblings deal with that as becoming part of their younger siblings' entourage. It's uh it's quite funny. So check that one out.
0: All right, I like I like both those recommendations. All right, well, you know, as I recommended many many times on the show, I would like to hear your take on Severance. So now you have Apple TV Plus. Make sure to uh, I think it's right, got, maybe when I get back, yeah yeah it's like seven episodes or something so uh it's good though. i think it's good I want, and you can give us your official recommendation all right matt well um as you know matt it's uh football season here and why by that i mean american football season so of course the uh sports channel in the software Defined talk slack has been very active with all kinds of uh, funny observations uh For those that play fantasy football, I'll just give you a very quick uh, explanation for those outside the United States. This is where you, uh, yes, you pick players on different teams, and they become your virtual team in football. Then you play other people. So probably sounds ridiculous. It's extremely fun, at least it is for me. So I have been uh, using a bunch of different sites. Uh, But this year I tried out uh, uh, RotoWire. So it's basically – and I think they have, if you will – kind of improved a lot of the usability around seeing the information, figuring out which players uh, you may want to put on your team and making it really, really simple to kind of, if you will, import leagues and look at it. So it reminded me a lot of systems management, right? A lot of uh, tools come with their own, if you will, management tools, but they're very hard to use. And then a systems management vendor comes along is, and like is, makes it a little bit CSBA more export? usable. <laughs> well, they have here, they have the ability to import from Yahoo and from... a all the major fantasy sites. So you just basically put in your credentials and you import your whole team, and then boom, nice. you can see all the analytics. And so it reminded me a lot of uh, the things we talk about here, like there's like a collector. You pull the data in, and then you have access to all the other reporting tools. So kudos to Rotowire because I think they've actually spent some time, and they you can tell somebody that really loves fantasy football has been like, oh no, this is the way. You should look at all the players, the rankings, and kind of like make your own decisions. So I always like it. I always like when I see kind of, if you will, good usability. And by that, I mean just like really informationally dense uh, screens that really let you see all the things you want. So for the five people that on here that actually like fantasy football and uh, probably care about this, if you are, uh, check out RotoWire. And, uh, you know, subscribe and hopefully you'll win all your fantasy leagues and pay for the subscription. And and of course, most importantly, you'll be able to do the trash talking to all of your friends. So check out Rotowire. All right. With that, uh, we really appreciate Matt Ray getting on here. He's playing a little hurt today, a little little sickness, but he made it through uh, like a star. I never had a doubt. Um, but if you would like to see the show notes from this, go to softwaredefinedtalk.com This episode is three seventy seven. So software defined talk.com slash three seventy seven, And of course there you can uh, subscribe to all of our streaming channels. We do stream this every week. We have a great newsletter. We've got a great Slack community um, and all kinds of things you can do there. So check it out. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Hey, we're going live this week, but they quick warning for everyone. Matt Ray, he's, he's off the injured reserve, but he's questionable for this episode. You know, he's, maybe, uh, he's playing maybe. hurt. Maybe. He's, he's, He's going into the game, right? Like any professional athlete, any professional broadcaster, he's going to give it a hundred percent. We're going to see how long he can go. So fighting a little, uh, uh, we call it, let's call it like a chest cold, flu, virus kind of thing. So let's 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 be be prepared, everyone. Be prepared to, to it's see that Ray. I'd say uh, it's all in my head. but that is in my throat. Persevere. Let's say he's going to persevere through this episode. That any thoughts before you know before you go into the big game?
1: Um, gonna finish this granola bar. <laughs> Well, and and you know I, because of the coughing, I haven't been sleeping much. But it has given me a lot of time to work on my Australia presentation, which I got to tell you,
0: it's coming along well. All right, Matt, outstanding! You did a fantastic job. Thanks for uh, hanging <laughs> in with uh, the, the coughing. And so <laughs>
1: that was seven. It was like nonstop cough drops.